Welcome to Prim and Proper. I'm Elizabeth Hathaway. And I'm Marinella Mazzucato. I'm very excited, Marinella, that we have one final episode of our favorite type of women. Uh, before we get into the topic, I had plans to talk to you about the Oscars because Amy Schumer and Wanda Sykes hosted. And oh, I yeah. was like yeah. so pumped and I knew that Serena Williams was going to be there because King Richard was nominated. And so I was like, oh, this is so exciting. Like three of our favorite women are going to be here. And I feel like the night turned out to be about something else. Uh, unsurprisingly, and it's not about women at all. Yes, quite the opposite. Once again, uh, some some form of machismo, whatever the <laughs> heck that was, took over. Yeah, and kind of unfortunately ruins the moment for the women Oscar hosts and the women whose movie was being highlighted. Uh, so... <laughs> Man, did did the um did the movie that was being highlighted become come after that or before that? After, which was almost worse because you know yeah. he was nominated. The, the he who shall remain nameless was nominated for best actor in King Richard, um, which is about Serena and Venus Williams' father. And that came after the incident, and he was allowed to accept his award and was given unlimited time to do his speech, which, you know, usually you get music sung off stage or whatever they call it, where they play the music, mm -hmm. and nope, he had unlimited time, so, and it's interesting, because at one point, I know you didn't end up watching it, but I did, and at one point during his speech they like zoom up to where Serena and Venus Williams are at um sitting in the audience and you could just tell that they were uncomfortable and I felt so bad for them because you know they're in the sports world they don't go to the Oscars this is probably their only opportunity that they'll ever go to the Oscars and now it's like this really awkward horrible memory for them which I don't know it really sucks you know yeah, I think they kind of deserved a little bit better than that. And then for that speech to occur and, like, tip the hat towards, mm -hmm. was it family? He was trying to say what, what you'll do to protect your family. It's like, um, let's not, let's, let's not level that with that. That's not the yeah. same thing, I would not say. Not the but. same thing. Your family's not being attacked in a home evasion. That I would understand. Yeah. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah, nice try. But. Nice try. Oh, yeah. But I have to say, your gal, Amy Schumer, I thought was the best of the hosts. She had a couple bits where she went up solo and did some roasting, like that classic Oscar-style roasting that was good. Um, I'm not going to do her justice to, like, retell any of the jokes, right? So I don't even know that I try. But I thought she had a couple good bits. She was talking about um, – the I Love Lucy movie, The Ricardos, which, you know, I know that you and I didn't highlight Lucille Ball, but she really was a pioneer in women's comedy. Uh, but anyways, Amy Schumer roasted the movie saying, how can you make a movie about Lucille Ball's life and not have like a single joke in it? And she likened it to doing a movie on Michael Jordan and it just being about the bus rides in between the games and no footage of the actual <laughs> games. Oh, 
I thought yeah, that was pretty that, good. That, I didn't I didn't watch the Ricardos, but I would expect there to be some humor. But knowing now, I guess enough about Lucille Ball and uh Desi Arnaz. Mm-hmm. Uh I think they did go through like a lot of crazy stuff in their real life and like a terrible marriage so maybe it wasn't very funny but nonetheless yeah i can't really call it the ricardos if you're not going to talk about the show i love lucy right or make some jokes right make a joke or good, two good try yeah. i know i know uh, but i guess on to the topic of the hour for our final yes. official week in march we're doing our favorite bad ladies or favorite bad women is that what we're calling them yeah like I, I tried to figure out like another way to put it like like the most hated women maybe or Ooh, yeah. un, unlikable women or something like that yeah unpopular yeah those are all good because right it's not like <clears throat> they're not our favorite because we condone anything that they did um quite perhaps the opposite uh, it's just that we want to celebrate that women, you know, can be messy and bad as well as men. And there's some women who have made history for all the wrong reasons. And, you know, we're going to maybe take a our final week and just have some fun with it. Amen. Let's do it. You want to go first? Who do I get to go first? Okay. So part of what got me even thinking about this concept is someone who's been in the news recently and i've been obsessed with her story elizabeth holmes Ooh, yes yeah have you been following any of it like what's your knowledge on her um i'm very light on the knowledge so i think it's probably better that you share what you know and i can just confirm probably <laughs> So I have, I didn't like watch the trial or anything of that nature, but I listened to, there was a podcast called The Dropout um, that details a little bit of her backstory and then her rise to like bringing, <clears throat> excuse me, Theranos to be this multi-billion dollar company. And I know that they're making a Hulu TV series that just started on it and Amanda Seyfried, I think is how you say her last name is playing mm -hmm. Elizabeth, um, and I want to watch it, although I think it's probably telling a lot of the things that were already discussed in the podcast. I still think it'd be really interesting to see it kind of like acted out visually. But for those who maybe are not familiar with her story, I can give a quick kind of background to her. She She's my age. She was born a month before me, and it's just mind-boggling to me that someone could rise to that level and fall all by the time that you're like my age i mean what am i doing with my life <laughs> what a tremendous feat but yeah that, that's kind of like awesome and sad so whatever exactly <laughs> so i mean the basic story of her is she had this idea to create um and even know, uh, basically, she wanted to revolutionize blood testing. So she wanted to have a machine that could take a pinprick uh, amount of blood. So, like, you know what diabetics do when they pinprick, like, that amount of blood. Yeah. And be able to run, like, hundreds of different diagnostic tests on it, which would be, like, revolutionary because... I think it's like very difficult, especially for certain populations to get their blood drawn. And sometimes you have to get a lot of, you know, 
if you've ever had your blood drawn, yeah, like it, it's like six vials of blood. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot of blood. It's a whole big thing. So like I get how this could be game changing. And I think her vision also included having these machines and I forget what they're called. There was a name for them. But they would be like in your local pharmacy. So like Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, and that you could just like go finger prick and then get like within an hour readout of whatever test you need run on it. And the problem is, I guess it's just not really possible to do. And so she, what she was doing though, is she convinced a bunch of like well-connected, smart, wealthy investors to invest in the company. And I think once she got the first couple of investors, it was easier to keep getting people to sign on because she'd be like, oh, I have, and she would just name drop the other people that were already investing in the company. And then, you know, like more and more people came on board. And so she gets to this place where they're rolling out this machine and then she somehow convinces Walgreens to let her put the machine in some of their stores. And she gets this like huge, definitely multi-million, but I think even like over a billion dollar contract with Walgreens to like start rolling this out. All the while, the, the machine doesn't actually work. So when it's set up in the Walgreens, people that go in to use it actually just see somebody there who takes their blood like they normally would in a vial and then it gets like shipped up to their Palo Alto facility and she was running the test just like you would any other blood test um and so eventually right like everything comes crumbling down and crashes on her it's just the company was valued over a billion dollars and crashed within like a matter of days once all of this started coming out that that the machine didn't actually work and that they were doing the blood test like you would do any other blood test. So that's like the very high-level overview of it. You're telling me the machine was much like the McFlurry machine at McDonald's. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's there. We know it could possibly make a McFlurry, but not tonight. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. That's, that so is I'm the just trying to picture analogy. like walking up to this. Yeah, I'm trying to picture walking up to this machine and – and not using it and not that not being like an immediate problem as a Walgreens like employee to be like what what is this doing here why right and so like the podcast is really fascinating and I won't do it justice going into like when you're Walgreens and you're having a contract that's like a multi-million dollar contract with some vendor or company like how do you not test the product how do you not know every little thing you know before you and I guess they she did have them come out to like her Palo Alto facility and she had them do the finger prick and they're like okay like let's go to lunch and she would take them somewhere while the test ran but in reality they were like having people in the background like run real blood tests like in a lab setting as if you had just gotten your blood blood drawn um, so she kind of like had this guise and fooled them that way. Uh, she also like would not let anyone see the machines and what they look like on the inside, which I guess is typically a normal thing that would happen in a big blockbuster deal like this. But she was mm-hmm. somehow pulling the wool over basically everybody's eyes. I mean, 
people bought it. That's the thing, I guess. Like, I mean, wasn't was it right of her to do that and sell it as such a phenomenal thing? That no, obviously not. But like, people really bought into that pretty easy, I guess. <laughs> yeah, you know what's so interesting in all this? This is just my perception of it from again, like what I've read online and listening to the podcast. I think she believed it could still really happen, that they just needed more time and that they could get Mm -hmm. it to work. Um, She, so she was uh, in love with and idolized, what's his name from Apple? Black, Steve Jobs. She was a huge Steve Jobs, like obsessive. And she thought he was, you know, this guy who revolutionized what it means to have a personal computer. And she kind of saw herself in that way. So much so that she, like, dressed in the black turtlenecks, you know, that he wore. Like, if you look her up, those are the pictures you'll see is her dressed in, like, the Steve Jobs black turtleneck. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah, and it was a really big deal for her. She was able to kind of steal away a whole bunch of Apple employees, so people who work for Apple. And some of them had, like, worked for a very long time. They were in at Apple in the earlier days. And she was able to convince them to leave Apple and come to her company. Oh, yeah. God. How pissed were they? <laughs> right? And then, like, can you imagine leaving Apple? Like, I think some of them had to give up stock and, like, other real big deals to come to this other company that's all built on a lie and you lose it all. It's insane. I just, it's fascinating. What do we think is next for her now? Well, I do you think don't... she's going to still continue to try to figure out how to make this work? Or do you think she's just done? I think, she, well, she's definitely done on this because she went to trial and, like, got convicted of wire fraud. Or, you know, it's always so interesting to me, like, what they get them on. It's not, like, what you would think. It reminds me of Al Capone, how, like, he probably murdered a whole bunch of people, but they got him on, like, tax evasion. It's like she does all this stuff, lies to investors and, you know, like all of this jazz and they get her on, I think it's like wire fraud or something weird. I, <laughs> I just I, don't get I it. guess that's, yeah, I guess that's easier to prove that maybe it's intentional where the rest could have been like, well, I really thought, you know, it was going to be fine. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So she, though, just to like give you more of how intriguing of a character I think she is, she around the time that she was set to her trial was set to begin she started dating one of her employees that was younger than her like he was in his 20s and again she's my age so she's mid 30s late 30s at this point she starts dating this employee in his 20s gets pregnant by him so that while the trial starts she can be like an eight month pregnant woman and have kind of that like you know, like jury sympathy. Hold the belly. Yeah. Isn't that just insane? Yeah. <sighs> yes. Wait, so was it intentional for her to be pregnant for that trial? I mean, I guess the only one that knows is her, but. Yeah, I can't really prove that one, but very coincidental, I would say. Very, very suspicious. Yeah, and it just, like, if you listen to the podcast, it kind of gets into a little bit of, like, you know, they interview a lot of people that knew her, and so you get a flavor of their perspective of her, and there just definitely seems to be some, like, weird, shady, I don't know, like, personality traits. I You know, I, people should go check out either the TV show or the 
the podcast. Yeah, I was going to say, what's the podcast? They're both called The Dropout. The Dropout, okay. Yeah, because she actually dropped out of Stanford University to start the company. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, she, it's not like she's dumb. She's bright, and she was going to Stanford and had this idea. I think one of her mentors at Stanford was like one of the first people to like invest and introduce her to some investors and that's kind of what launched her onto the scene so tough break man (laughs) she almost made it it's just (laughs) so like i remember hearing about her before the fall of theranos and i'm like man that's so awesome she's like a woman in silicon valley because that's like the tech world and it's all like the mark zuckerbergs of the world you know and really want her to succeed and instead she was a scam artist yeah well i have a feeling she will somehow make something of this either i don't know with some other spinoff from that or actually pursuing this one drop of blood analysis because i mean it seems like it can be done like i've seen some of those like diabetes like one prick things um work without blood somehow i have no idea but that's there's got to be something that's gonna work i mean maybe we time i guess will tell she is still relatively young and could certainly make another go at it i just don't know if anyone would believe in her enough to invest again i think that's where she might run into trouble but i after watching tindler swindler this weekend which i know is completely unrelated i realized that even once you've been kind of outed as a con artist that is no guarantee that more people won't fall for your con so maybe she will find some more people to uh invest in her future company oh my Theranos 2.0 that tinder swindler show was just too much uh, too much but when it gets too to much. the woman who like steals his clothes and sells them she swindles the tinder swindler i was living for that moment I needed it. Yeah, she said she's still making money off of him. So, like, imagine day by day, just like an item sells, and you're like reminded of how much of a badass you are for doing that. You're like, ah, yeah, I forgot, but totally. Here it is, me selling your Gucci shoes. <laughs> oh man! So, who do you have? Um, I'm gonna go with a, a pretty big, big uh, '90s icon that I think most we might have touched on this prior, but jokingly but this is like the star of the 90s Lorena Bobbitt (laughs) definitely the star of the 90s okay so I feel like most of the people that probably would listen to our podcast would know who Lorena Bobbitt is but Lorena Bobbitt um, in the early 90s uh, sliced off her husband's penis (laughs) And I don't know what you were told at that time, because I think we might have been like eight or nine years old. I don't know how old you were, but I think it was like eight. Mm -hmm. And I remember being told about Lorena Bobbitt. And I was told that Lorena Bobbitt cut off her husband's penis because he cheated on her. So as a child, it was painted to me like this woman was a nut job. She reacted because she was cheated on. I don't remember. The only thing I remember from Lorena Bobbitt growing up was she sliced off her husband's dick and then drove away and tossed it out the window. But I don't think I was Mm -hmm. ever given a reason for it. It was just that, like, I guess to your point that she was like a crazy woman, that that there was no 
rationale behind her actions, except that she was this like woman who would slice off her husband's penis, which I'm sorry, I know that this episode is not about this, but I just, I was, I don't even know how to phrase this. I just, <laughs> I was thinking about Lorena Bobbitt as well. And how, how many like slices of the knife do you think it took? You know, because it's not like you're going to go through with one. It's not a machete. You're not going through in one slice. She had a carving knife. So she was. They said she did a phenomenal job. Like has like if if they had to guess, it was like a surgeon who did the job. Like she did one clean, perfect cut. And it wasn't like she cut it like from the base of his penis. She just cut off like, you know, just the part that he would actually need to enjoy sex. Just the just the tip. Just the tip. You know? Just that one time. Um, just the tip. <laughs> y- yeah. And that's that's all it took was that one time. But like this woman was essentially abused sexually, emotionally, you name it, called the cops endless times, and she snapped. Um, I think they let her off on being um, temporarily insane, mm-hmm. and she had to like go to a mental hospital. And to this day, like there are still people who think that, you know, this woman just overreacted. But essentially, like her doing that was what got um, Bill Clinton to sign like the Violence Against Women Act because before then, like cops would just show up to your house if there was like a domestic dispute, and they would try to like calm you down or separate you or something pretty stupid like where your safety just wasn't a concern so did she need to chop it off did she mean to i i kind of think she might have i mean personally but even the jury was like very the jury members like said that they kind of thought she was guilty but they feel like she endured so much crap that they couldn't imagine sending the woman to jail yeah and to me that's like you're pretty yeah you're pretty sensitive to what's going on if if the jury can say eh, let's let her off you know mm-hmm. so i will say in researching it a bit because i was thinking of mentioning her as well that is one of the things that came up was kind of the perception of the time and the perspective of the 90s and like it feels like the 90s was just yesterday but then you also realize some of this stuff was still happening in the 90s like the fact that 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 hadn't been signed into law yet is kind of crazy mm-hmm. um but yeah it was like the, the the way the media told the story was again of this woman who was just like crazy and and they didn't provide any sort of context to the abuse that she endured and on top of that I don't feel like there was ever, even if they had mentioned that, which it sounds like it really wasn't a point of the reporting, but even beyond that, there still needs to be like a lot of education about, you know, in domestic violence situations, often the most unsafe times are when you're trying to leave or it's not like, you know, because people are like, well, why don't you just walk away or... it's not that simple because it's all about power and control and if the person senses that you're going to leave them and just walk away they're going to lose that power and that's when it can become very dangerous for women and so we didn't talk we don't talk about those things now let alone back in the 90s and so there's not any context for it and when you just omit the abuse 
from all of the reporting, it does make it sound like she's just some crazy woman who chopped off her husband's penis. Yeah, and she was very firm about, like, how she just felt like walking away or leaving, like, how many times he had told her, like, you can't ever get away from me, like, I'm never going to let you go, I will come find you, and blah, 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 and just, like, everything you've probably expected to hear from, like, a psycho husband boyfriend that just was, like, obviously treating you as his property and to this day like um from what i've read and what like i've seen and like video clips and stuff he still reaches out to her like saying that there's a chance that they could be together and like how he messed up so like she was right like this guy did not want to let go he had numerous other marriages and relationships where he was doing the same exact stuff I can't believe women actually wanted to be with him after knowing so much. Like, I'm just like, okay, there are some damaged women out there, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But. Oh, well, and it's like, oh, yeah. I, so I've also heard that he still reaches out to her. I've heard he still sends her Valentine's cards. I don't know if he still has her address. I found this reference back in like 2008-ish. I'm like, Mm -hmm. you are a psychopath. That's like bordering on stalking behavior you two went to trial against each other because he was also put on trial i think for rape and he was acquitted of it but um Mm -hmm. i think it was after her i don't know the the timeline on it but once it kind of came out that he was abusive and raped her and all this other stuff i think he was eventually faced a trial though wasn't ever found guilty of anything yeah, and he'll deny to this day that he ever, like, put a hand on a woman. And and it's, like, it's one thing if, you know, you have a domestic dispute with your partner and, like, you kind of are, like, oh, my God, I need to correct this and, like, make it work. And, you know, you make changes. But this guy is just, like, full on, like, has a track list of just crimes that he's committed. And he'll still say, none of it's true. Like, they've all lied. I don't know why any of this is happening it's just obviously is that narcissism where you just think you're Mm -hmm. just god's gift and nothing's wrong with you i don't know yeah some grandiose thoughts there yeah i'm not sure there's (laughs) there's something she should have put that thing in a blender i don't know i mean (laughs) that's my take yeah she's actually the one that like called 911 i'm not saying he i'm sure he probably called 911 as well but she like basically turned herself in and told them where to find the penis because she did that part of it was accurate in my memory she did throw it out a car window yeah oh my god in the wikipedia when i just looked up some basic info first off when you search her name on google it comes up as lorena bobbitt and they know how under their name it will sometimes have their profession it says manicurist under her name i'm like really (laughs) It's true, yeah. <laughs> Is that the one? What she's most famous for? Okay. Um, but, <laughs> but in the Wikipedia article, it was like she was having trouble driving with only one hand on the steering wheel, so she threw her member, his member, out the car window. I just love how it was like I can't drive straight if I'm holding on to his dick. So let me talk. She didn't want to put it in the glove box, you know. No, and you don't want to cause a car accident. Those people are innocent. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Um, Well, then maybe this will segue into my next woman pretty 
pretty well because it's a woman who also committed crimes against men. Do you remember Eileen Warnos? Oh, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Bring it on, sister. Monster Charlize Theron won the Oscar for that portrayal, I believe. Mm-hmm. Her and Christina Ricci, I think, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. So she's an interesting one to me because, well, f- first off, she's a serial killer, a woman serial killer, and they're not very common. And her targets were men. And I think for a woman to kill men, that's not easy. I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but it's not easy for women to kill men. It's it's usually, you know, statistically speaking, the other way around on this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But she was a prostitute or a sex worker on, like, the highways of Florida, and she would pick up people and then shoot and rob them. What's interesting about her, she alleges, and I think until her death, because she was, she was executed by lethal inject- mm-hmm. uh, injection, I think she um, has always stood by saying it was self-defense. And the very first victim of hers, I do know, was a man who had been convicted of attempted rape prior to her encounter with him. So at the very least, there's some evidence that that at least one of these men has a history of attempted rape, and some of them may have tried to rape her i'm sure they did or at least like push their limit mm-hmm. of some sort which i feel like would probably be common of somebody who was a sex worker driving through florida um but maybe she just you know decided enough was enough and you know she had done enough to make the money and mm-hmm. why not take some more when he's dead absolutely <laughs> maybe take his car too she did at least with some of them i think she like drove some of their cars too and i'm like you do it eileen i mean here's my this episode is not about sex workers but i will say i they are some of the most victimized groups of people like they are physically assaulted you know they're also sexually assaulted which i know seems counterintuitive since they're doing sex work but like there's still an agreed upon I will pay you X amount of money for these three sex acts or whatever and then the guys will be like well I want more and they just will physically you know do whatever else they want to the woman and they're in such a vulnerable position because what they're doing is illegal in most places so it's not like they can go to the police and say this man assaulted me while we were exchanging sexual favors for money um, because then she'll face legal consequences for going to the police even though she was physically attacked so it's like a very dangerous type of work Um, and not and that's not even mentioning all the women who get trafficked 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 what's (laughs) that word trafficked thank you trafficked seems correct yes correct I think um so, again, not that I'm condoning any of these women and I'm not condoning Eileen Warnos killing them, but there is part of me that's like, oh, these men probably figured that they could do something extra with her and she was not the person to try to do something extra with. 
I mean, I consider the loss of a man driving on a Florida highway picking up a sex worker as just fine. I, I can be <laughs> here without him. I'm fine with it. <laughs> if we need to cull humans because of overpopulation, I nominate this demographic to be. Yes, and let them be Floridians because we got to thin this place out. Uh, property values are going up. Thank God there was just a few less. <laughs> But I I do feel like half of the problems pertaining to sex workers is the fact that it may that it's illegal. Like I am for that argument of like can this become an actual business where it's okay? Because I mean there's not to say a sex worker and a stripper is the same, but it's it's like right on the brink there where I'm like why is it okay for a stripper to make money legally, be protected by like massive amount of security? And they're just like one step away from the deed. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm totally with you. I think it should be legalized as well. And then that gives those women an opportunity to seek out, you know, both medical and legal support if something happens to them while they're, I mean, whatever. It's sex in exchange for money. We do so many things in exchange for money in this country. Like, really? That We're going to get our panties and a bunch over this think about all those drops of blood that never got analyzed in that machine i mean (laughs) right (laughs) people made healthcare decisions based on the fact that they didn't think they had cancer and they did that's way more effed up than someone exchanging you know everyone's got to have a little sex and sometimes if you can't get on your own you just got to use money and you know i'm not here to judge it yeah hmm yeah, not no judgment there. Oh. Ooh. Sorry, I think my phone just buzzed. No, that's okay. Mine's been ringing on the table as well, and I'm sure I'm sure all of that's picking up in the audio. Our listeners are used to all those extra sounds. We should play like a game with like, you know, reach out to us via social media and let us know what noises you heard in the background this week. <laughs> yeah, what can you identify in this scene? <laughs> Is that barking Marley? Is that part? No, it's not. Nope. Nope. Um, my next one is a fictitious character, but she has been villainized for long enough. And it is Kate Winslet from the Titanic. Okay, because Jack would not have fit on the door. I doubt it. You know, how, how long can we just punish this woman for Jack I... not making it? I am with you. And Jack Jack said, I mean, like, he knowingly, like, he also could have swam off and tried to find other options. Like, he knew and accepted it. He's a man who made his own choice. And he was okay with it. Why can't we be okay with it? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm a very huge fan of the Titanic movie. Like, so much so that I thought about getting a, a tattoo on my body of Titanic. Um <laughs> I am what they call a titaniac. What? There's a word for that. I love that word, though. Um, yes, there's a, a there's a huge calling of people who love the Titanic, and they are called titaniacs, and I, I'm openly admitting to being one. Um, but there's, like, a deleted scene where some other guy tries to get onto the board or the doorframe, and Jack stops him and says... Um, that he was going to kill him if he tried to get on that doorframe. 
So he obviously understood and knew, yeah, knew what the consequence was, knew, made a decision of his own volition. I'm with you. Uh, Can I share with you the first time I saw the Titanic? It was when it came out in theaters. And Mm -hmm. I went with my dad and stepmother to see it. And we got tickets last minute, so we were in the front row. And so basically the entire three-plus, almost four-hour movie we're yeah, exactly. We are looking next back straight up. I felt like the ship was like crashing on me when it began sinking. I was like one of the people oh, in the amazing. water and I'm like, I'm gonna be hit by the ship. <laughs> I would pay for that experience now, although back then I'm sure they didn't have like sweet reclining chairs. You were probably miserable. Oh no, yeah, none of that existed. This was this was back in the old days. I think it might have been stadium seating, but like when you're in the first row, you're not you're not on the stadium levels. Ugh. Yeah, and that was a three hour movie. Yeah. Wow. What else I was gonna bring up though, did you ever used to watch Mythbusters? Or know of Mythbusters. Mm, some of it I've seen, yeah. Where they tested. Yeah. So I actually think that they've tested this one where they did like the door and could it support. And I think they came to the conclusion that it wouldn't be buoyant enough that the two people on it would sink it so that neither of them were floating because the door would sink. Um, I might be wrong on that, but I, no, I do think they did a Mythbusters and proved that like, yeah, you're not going to get the two people on the door. So stop. Let's stop blaming women. Yeah, and and let's also acknowledge the fact that he froze to death. I mean, perhaps she was just more warm-blooded. I mean, she was probably moments away from freezing to death herself. She was. He did not drown. So, I mean, let's just give Kate Winslet a break here. Like, the woman had to take care of herself. Right? She left And her... Jack was an angel for letting her live. Yes. But let's let's leave her alone now, please. I'm with you. I stand by <laughs> you. Let's leave Kate Winslet alone. Rose, <laughs> stop the Rose hating. It's been long enough. <laughs> Thank you. I, I had feel, to get that out. I feel like you've selected women who have all had like redeemable qualities and it's really like their stories weren't properly told. And I'm selecting women that I'm like, yeah. aren't they heinous? Can you believe she did all of these things? I mean, we need some balance here, so it's good. Definitely good. <laughs> well, moving. But I feel like everyone else had a redeemable quality on your end, too, honestly, in my opinion. <laughs> well, let me let me know what you think the redeemable <laughs> quality of my next woman is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she is the Guinness World Record holder for the most murderous woman, uh, Elizabeth Bathory. Have you ever heard of her? Um, Elizabeth Bathory. Uh, it sounds familiar. So she kind of like has some, which I'll get into, some like pop culture lore around her, which if you've heard the name, it's probably around some of these things. But I listen occasionally to this podcast called History Chicks, and they talk about different women in history. Uh, and her episodes, <laughs> I think, were some of my favorite. Just I think it's that it's far enough removed. She lived in the 1500s, early 1600s. That, like, I don't know anyone modern day that's been impacted by the stuff she did. So I can kind of look at it through more of an entertainment lens and not like, a, this is a horrible woman. But she was a Hungarian noblewoman. And she basically 
tortured and killed her servants and then other like non-noble people in the town usually young women young girls like teen think teens early 20s and so (laughs) she is suspected of murdering upwards of a couple of hundred like three to six hundred is not an unreasonable amount to like uh what's the word i'm looking for to like assume that she has killed so she was uh yeah she was pretty pretty getting around getting around so she's considered a serial killer she is although she was never found guilty of it so she Mm. so eventually people like stop sending her girls to work there because they all like disappear (laughs) right and never coming back what's going on i mean hundreds of girls are going missing in like this town and the surrounding towns and they're all going missing at like the castle she lives at so people are you know put in two and two together here uh even for the 1500s and i'm not sure how great police work was back then but people are deducing something so there was a trial. I don't think she was found guilty. I think a couple of her servants were found guilty of the acts, but it's believed that she actually did them or at least was involved in them. She, though, even though she wasn't found guilty, her punishment, which, you know, I don't understand, right, the legal system of the 1500s, how, like, you can be found not guilty but then still face a punishment, really kind of unclear to me. But... She had to live out the Mm, rest of her life in a castle. According to the history chicks, though, this was like a room where it had just like a slit that they would feed her food through. And like that was it. That's how she lived out her life until she died. So she was (sighs) in like a solitary confinement within this like big, beautiful castle. But like she didn't have any sort of freedoms, I don't think. That then how that seems like somebody who's being being treated as if they are found guilty, right? I mean, the history checks <laughs> do a better job because they've gone through all these like historical documents, and so it's a really. If you're interested in hearing more about her, I would encourage people to check out that podcast. We've got Walter on the mic here. We're probably gonna lose connection soon. <laughs> um, What's up, Walt? Do you ever call him Walt or is it straight up Walter? No, Walter and Boo Boo are my names for him. Boo Boo. Boo Boo. But here's where you may have heard of her, the folklore. She was also suspected of bathing in the blood of the young women that she killed as like a way to perhaps keep youthful herself. And so a lot of people suspect that she was an inspiration for the Dracula story because Dracula came out after she existed. Mm-hmm. So people wonder, because, you know, he's all like into the blood stuff, if you're not familiar yeah. with Dracula. And so people wonder if like the folklore that existed around her at the time served as an inspiration for for Dracula. Wow. I mean... Damn, how did her skin look? I need to know how that blood. We'll never know, I guess. Were there photos of this woman? I mean, painting something. There's definitely paintings. Her skin looks gorgeous. Um, but, you know. I guess once it's fabricated, you can make it look beautiful. Right. I feel like I heard a similar story, and I don't remember the... Now I wish I like wrote this name down. Of a woman who killed people and turned their bodies into soap. 
Ew. Oh, yeah. No. And I thought that's actually very doable because a lot of soap is made with like fat. Right. Correct. Yeah, I think so. I think it was an Italian lady. Oh, come on. You didn't want to get her name to represent. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> like I, I saw it in passing and I was like, you know, because I was trying to look up most hated women <laughs> in America, most hated people, women in the world. And a lot of them were serial killers. And I was just like, well, I mean, a lot of women back in the day wanted to kill babies. I was like, how many babies did they kill? I was just like list after list. I'm like, it's all babies, babies. My God, they oh. just hated kids and they just had to yeah. kill them, I guess. I wonder if it's because they didn't know any ways of like having an abortion or creating like you know not to be disgusting but some of the ways of the back alleyways before it was legalized in the united states like maybe those didn't even exist back then so you had to wait till you had the kid and then kill it Mm -hmm. i mean it sounds horrible but it makes me wonder if that's like part of what happens and there was no birth control so Mm. it's not like you could you know limit well the amount of children you had and amount of mouths you had to feed i don't know i'm, I'm not trying to i guess well, it comes off as me excusing them murdering their children that's horrible <laughs> that leads me to uh andrea andrea yates oh was that her name yeah who drowned all those kids in the bathtub when she had one hour like like they knew that she had postpartum depression that she was like not stable that she shouldn't be having more kids but her husband was super into his faith and thought we've got to have more kids that's what our purpose is and they left her alone with these kids for one hour and she drowned them one by one which is so sad but it's like incredibly sad what do you do i don't know mm-hmm. and that that woman was like there was not any sympathy for that woman at all <laughs> yeah not a drop. i can't really find a redeeming quality in this one i just no but yeah. if anything, I don't know that there's a redeeming quality. I agree with you. But like there probably needs to be more discussion about like the toll that childbirth takes on women and, and more discussion about postpartum depression and how that affects women. And just because, again, I think we don't talk about a lot of this stuff and we just keep it in the shadows. And then, you know, I'm not there's going to be some future Andrea Yates and could we prevent it if we talked about this more and everyone knew the signs Mm -hmm. and symptoms and knew what to do to help support somebody and you know what I mean like I don't know I would hope that we could I I mean I don't want to point the blame at whoever left her alone for an hour with the kids it's like what did you think was going to happen something great like she was just going to be like oh suddenly i love this right this is the best (laughs) i haven't been alone with these kids in a very long time so this one hour is going to be great (laughs) it's going to be the best (laughs) right exactly i'm totally prepared for this (laughs) oh man do you have anyone else left i have one more left do you Um, I kind of, I mean, I, I didn't know if I was going to bring her up or not because so I realized so many of the women I chose outside of Elizabeth Holmes are very like murdery. And I was like, oh, I wonder if there's anyone who's not murdery. And I thought of Bonnie and Clyde because they were like bank robbers. I'm like, oh, that'd be cool. Like depression era bank robbers, you know, like they're just trying to 
make money so that they can have items that they need. And um, then I looked her up and I realized, no, no, she did help kill some people. She's kind of murdery. So, yeah. But you know what I didn't realize was how young she was. She died in a shootout when she was 23. So, like, everything she did to get, like, high on the FBI's most wanted list was all before the age of 23. It's just crazy to me before 23 yeah man i couldn't get it together before 23 for anything so no at least she tried let let me silence my dog real quick by closing the door and letting the neighbor (laughs) suffer (laughs) that's better okay all right so lay your last lady of the hour on me um my last lady of the hour is uh madeline murray o'hare do you know who she is no i don't okay so she was around in the 1960s and in 1963 she is the woman who is responsible for ending um required prayer in schools and she started the american atheist organization so much like Ron DeSantis is trying to get <laughs> people to uh, lose more rights in school, she kind of started the whole, um, you know, maybe we don't have to follow along with this whole religious thing with the separation separation of church and state. But she, mm. if you Google most hated woman in America, she is the result. And there's a documentary about her. Wow, so interesting. Yet she's just a woman who fought for people to have more rights in the school system and to not have to pray at school if they didn't want to. Yeah, like she very wholeheartedly believed that like prayer was hocus pocus and like she just didn't believe in any of it and they kept making her son, you know, participate and she was just like taking it to the um the Baltimore, I think public school system and she started it there but then it made it to the supreme court so wow yeah. most hated woman in america yeah all because she wanted to stop some prayer i think that's the note we got to end on although one little shout out to our favorite white collar criminal martha stewart <laughs> don't ever forget martha stewart god we could mention her for a lot of things in women's month actually we could if you haven't listened to our women chefs she's on there <laughs> making her second appearance on the pod what's that she could be in comedy as well oh she could be her roast was hilarious mm-hmm. yeah uh, wow wow <sighs> well marinella until next week we gotta figure out what we're gonna do for april since you know our th- our theme of March is now coming to an end. Yes. Yeah. Until next week, I'll uh, see you on the Wordle tomorrow, Marinella. See you on the Wordle from my toilet, <laughs> probably. <laughs> <laughs> At 4 a.m. Have a good oh, day, there's, everyone. There's my bedtime reminder. <laughs> oh. Bye-bye. <laughs>